This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. of my worst date i'm cassie i'm keegan i'm christina and we have things to talk about today first and foremost christina you mentioned something called west elm caleb i am actually so shocked that you guys have not seen anything about it because this is been the tea the drama the whole ass mess like all week on tiktok we're talking i I have been in a book bubble mm-hmm. where like I have done nothing but like work and read books. So I I haven't been on TikTok as much. I literally had to because I, I do love TikTok. Yeah. I like scheduled time yesterday where I was like, you're going to scroll on TikTok and see what you've missed. <laughs> oh. and, but I haven't seen anything about West Elm Caleb. OK. All right. Let me know. Fill me okay. in. OK. So it's kind of like the new couch guy situation which okay you guys remember couch guy <gasps> oh yes 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 yes, yes. Yeah. okay mm-hmm. so okay so basically like this influencer like does this tiktok about being ghosted by a tall guy named caleb and her fucking comments go bananas is this what? west elm caleb is this <gasps> west elm caleb no and she's like who the fuck is West Elm Caleb? No, is wait. he a serial ghoster? So, oh, oh. another oh, no. influencer that follows her is like, let me tell you about West Elm Caleb. Oh, oh my gosh, Give I am me. settled in. I got the popcorn out. Let's go. Apparently, everything. Lee, this dude is twenty five years old. He is called West Elm Caleb because his name is Caleb, and he's a designer for West Elm. And he is like, he's tall, he's got a mustache, and he's on hinge, and he's in New York City, and he's love bombing the shit out of girls. Like, love bomb, love bomb, love bomb. I made this Spotify playlist for you. No. (gasps) Spoiler alert. He sends the same playlist to all the girls. No. Okay. Oh, I'm so So mad. Sends sends Spotify playlists, sends unsolicited dick pics. No. Hooks up with the girl and then ghosts. (gasps) And so- like that's this, so much work. This, if, this influencer was saying like she went on a date with him at three o'clock that day. Someone else made a TikTok that was like, I spent Friday night and woke up Saturday morning in bed. She went on a date with him Saturday at three. Like this is how <gasps> oh, quick his turnaround so is. He literally like rolled out of bed, <laughs> took a shower, probably in that chick's shower. Oh God. Please, and then please met please up with this other shower. girl. <laughs> oh my god yeah i'm being really optimistic over here that's really right optimistic <laughs> so the whole thing is like blown up on tiktok everybody is coming for west elm like it, it it's kind of uh, listen it's shitty what he's doing but like he has had to remove himself from linkedin he had to take Dude. down his portfolio. He is gone Dude. from social media. He has been scrubbed because literally all of TikTok, like an entire army, coming for West Elm Listen, honey, I, I, I am of two minds about like internet vigilante justice, right? Yep. Like, it's it's not 
great. However, actions have consequences mm-hmm. and you don't get to just run around treating people like shit and That's expect right. nothing to come back to you. Nothing like to stick that, to you. That fucking Jason Collier saga. Yep. Or oh, sorry. You can't be buying bitches coffee makers and <laughs> expect. <laughs> those other coffee maker bitches did not know exactly. you thought you could have 19 fiancés no. and none of this ever boomerang back and hit you in the face sorry no. and, like and that's our, not how this works in the time of our internet yeah. uh-uh and this isn't like 1856 where you right. can like move the next town over and Correct. start a new life like the internet <laughs> exists yeah what are you no, doing i i definitely listen I I feel the same way as you do, Keegan. Where I'm just like, this guy, it's it's shitty. And I'm, I'm like, his his world is rocked for at least until the next, you know, yeah. next mm-hmm. trend comes, the next person. But I I just can't imagine what that would feel like. Do you know what I mean? Where it's just like the whole fucking world is coming Dude. for you. Wow. You know what? I I feel worse for a couch guy than I do for this guy like oh, this yeah. guy very obviously has been manipulating women and to be honest I'm again like I don't love a hive mentality like a you know like villagers with pitchforks kind of mentality right however maybe this prevented him from escalating to like worse manipulation of women mm-hmm. we've seen it go far right like I yeah. sent you the trailer to that like tinder tinder swindler trailer yes. on, on Netflix. Like, you know, Dude. there are dark places that this can go. Right. Whereas with Couch Guy, I'm like, that was all like very much pure speculation. And That's having right. your life rocked over like a 10 second video is yeah. a little like Ooh. I watched I watched that way too many times. I gotta Me too. say I watched I it was slow like, down. <laughs> I watched it zoomed in. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh like what is he got a, a hair tie on his wrist? I was like, oh no, no. He don't need a hair tie. <laughs> a hair tie. Couch guy don't need a hair tie. I see uh, his haircut. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he actually wrote an opinion piece about what that was like for him. And I do have empathy for mm-hmm. like the entire internet using you as like an outlet for whatever, you know. Right. That sucks. However, this guy. I mean, it sucks, but it's also like you reap what you sow, sir. Yeah. Yeah. You can't put oh, that's karma, honey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So people are definitely like putting up now. It's to the point where they're like, who's the West Elm Caleb of L.A. and who's the West Elm Caleb oh, you of know, Minnesota and stuff like that. Some man so, who the, does yoga with a man bun is out here breaking hearts right. in L.A. West, you know, it. I, I think it's that dude with the tacos, right? Because oh, weren't there like people were like, oh yeah, that dude did that to me too. I know this. Yeah, Taco Guy, hundred yeah. tacos. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? Like at least Taco Guy, like he's doing it for the tacos. You know what I mean? Like I feel like he's not trying to like that's true break hearts because he's not putting any effort into those dates. Like yeah. to make there's people no think Spotify that he loves playlist them. for that bitch. No. no, he is in it for two hundred hard shell tacos. Like that's the end. That's his get. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I figured, especially since you guys didn't know about it, I was like, I definitely need to uh, enlighten you as to what is going on. Yeah. Oh wow. These wow. days. I, I, what What is West Kids Elm's opinion? <laughs> yeah, West Elm's probably like, you're fired, bro. Like we can't be Please. having our name attached to this, dude. The brands have been advertising. There was like because he's on Hinge. There was a rival dating app that put up a fucking billboard in New York <gasps> with. 
his hinge profile in it. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No. And a fucking billboard. Someone took a picture of it and they were like, I don't want to run into West Elm Caleb, like join art. Oh, it's- oh my shit. God. Yeah. How fucking shit. bananas is that? If you're okay. that dude. I feel like he could take legal action against that company. I mean, he really can't. You agree to the terms and conditions when you sign up for the app, you know? Oh. So, yeah. Damn. I can't believe Hinge couldn't go after him, though. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, Jeez. are you allowed to take photos from Oh, Hinge? that's true. You that's know what true. I mean? Yeah. Wow. It- wow. Wow. <laughs> so you got to act right, man. I'll tell you yeah, what. Right. We are constantly being... Uh, filmed and surveyed mm. these days mm-hmm. and like keegan said actions have consequences yeah on the internet for sure you do you gotta act right like Oof. yeah keep on that straight and narrow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yoinks wow what else what else we got ladies well we got a we got an email from a listener that i wanted to share with you guys uh and it says hello wonderful humans my name yeah. is b I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. I'm queer in my late 20s, work as an adjunct professor, and I'm from New Jersey. I've been listening to y'all for three years. Wow. Gee, worsty. Welcome. Yes. I've been drafting this email in my brain for months, to be honest. I know this isn't specifically about worst dates, but I would really love to hear y'all discuss friendships, specifically friendships between women and or friendships in adulthood. I've struggled with making friends and keeping friendships my entire life. In school, I'd make friends out of convenience, like the people I saw in class every day, had, had a few friends that I stayed close with over the years. And in college, I kept a close circle of people I mostly knew through my partner at the time or folks I worked with at my part-time job. Throughout my life, I've even had uh, a few close friendships and in similar ways to romantic breakups, crying, angry texts, trauma, mm-hmm. etc. Over the years, my friendships have really dwindled. Currently, most of my, quote, friends are people I know through my partner. Side note, you don't have to include this if you want to, but I think it's important to her story. I recently was diagnosed with autism, what would previously have been no- referred to as Asperger's, but we know now know that the Asperger's, the founding doctor, is an absolute dickwad. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, that definitely is one of the reasons I have struggled with some of the social connections without my, throughout my life. Overall, I think making new friends as an adult is challenging itself. Considering work-life balance, partners and significant others, family, et cetera, et cetera. That's why I'd really like to hear about your experiences and perceptives about these topics. Friendships are relationships that are as important as romantic relationships. I know y'all aren't an advice podcast, but I really value your input. Thank you so much for making me feel less lonely during some of the most challenging times of the last few years. Y'all are doing great things. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Wow. That's that's actually it's a topic that, you know, it kind of is the cornerstone of our podcast. I feel like if we had, you know, a mission statement, it's really (laughs) kind of been like, you know, keep your friends close and laugh about these bad date stories. Um, For me, I have definitely in my life been in the same situation. I didn't have close friends in school. Um, I didn't have close friends in my my 20s. 
And it really wasn't until Cassie forced me to be her friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sneaky little it, bitch. <laughs> that it opened opened me up um, to friendship. I'm I'm still relatively new to the friendship. Uh, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. To, to friendship myself. And I've learned a lot, you know, in the past five years. And I'm so grateful to Cassie and Keegan for all that they've, They've taught me, but being an introvert, sometimes it, it is difficult for me to make close friends because I like shut myself off. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think that you're not the natural um, conversation starter, you know, and I think that we've talked about this, too. And I think that she made a valid point, which is that she's got a lot of uh, her relationships, her friends or connections be- from her friends and I think that that happens a lot because I think in relationships with partnerships specifically, I think you have one person who's probably the outgoing one who's making friends with everyone and maybe one who's a little bit more reserved, not as much of the the chatty one or whatever. I think that's kind of Unless you're common. me and Anthony, in which case it's... Right. Well, <laughs> and that's... And, and you guys kind of fluctuate. Like definitely there's times in which Tony's definitely the more outgoing person and then you're more laid back i think you guys tend to there's like an ebb and flow with with you guys in that yeah i mean for me like i've never had trouble making friends like i've always needed that it's because it's something that i've needed so anytime Mm -hmm. i go into a new environment i don't like being on my own um I'm not a loner in a group environment in that way. So anytime I was in school or went to camp or started a new job, I would immediately try and like scan the room for like who's the person that who's I can the be friendly face friends with, right? And like our good friend Amy, my best friend Amy, we met the first day of our job and immediately I was like this is the one. You know what I mean? <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're we're going to, you know, be friends. Um so I've never had trouble very few times in my life have I had trouble making friends. And during those times, it was dark for me. I worked a job once where I couldn't get in. Like, I just mm. couldn't get in. I couldn't find a way in. And it was, like, horrible. I actually ended up leaving that job not long after because I cannot live that way. Right. Um, I've had that same experience as well. Yeah. Right. It's it's really hard. Um, but for me, I fall hard for my friends. And so I completely related to what she was saying when your breakup from a friendship feels like a romantic breakup, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if I'm in deep, I'm in deep and I'm like committed to you as my friend. And so, well, I, f- I feel that way too, just because yeah. it's like, it's so hard for me to open up. And it's like, you know, like when something like that happens, it's, if it, it feels, it feels deep. It feels as deep as a breakup. If not, even more sometimes worse yeah sometimes worse yeah Yeah. and um so as far as making friends as an adult goes I I know it's hard it's very very difficult the best thing that I can say is the same way that I kind of feel about dating it's like you have to put yourself out there you have to Mm. be vulnerable Mm -hmm. which is something that's very scary to do um because like we said, like some of those friendships are relationships that are as deep and meaningful as romantic relationships. So you have to be equally as vulnerable going into those relationships. 
And then you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. You've got to go out, <laughs> maybe yeah. like try and find a hobby. Like, you know, you will meet people through yeah. through doing something that you enjoy and, you know, find people yeah. with mutual interests. Same to you. similar passions. Yeah. I think the other thing is, too, is that there's this, this um, I think, fallacy uh, amongst women relationships in mm-hmm. which that you can have one best friend. Yeah. And then you can have some superfluous other girlfriends. But I don't think that's the case. I think no. that in my experience, that actually has driven wedges in relationships more than created some of my best relationships, which I feel like I'm really experiencing now, which is that I have a group of girlfriends in mm-hmm. which, I mean, all of us, we are in a group chat. We are all, you know, we engage with each other all a lot. But there's times in which I hang out with Keegan and I, we went to to you know, Vegas, I, you know, was mm-hmm. looking through pictures and I'm like, oh my God, there's so many pictures of Keegan and I, because we right. have those like one-off experiences where I have pictures of just Christina and I, because we've done a couple things. I have pictures with just Mackenzie and I, because we went over to their house for something that was just the four of us. So I think that, I think that the idea that you can only have one singular best friend that has, is surrounded by like a group of like second besties or something like you shouldn't level them. That's no, a, that's it's a not. It's not a MySpace commonly do. top eight. Yeah, it's yeah. not a MySpace top eight. We yes. believe in a polyamorous friendship model. Okay? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, exactly. And I, I do, I do because mm-hmm. every person is unique in what they offer to you and what you offer to them is mm-hmm. different. What I offer to Cassie is different than what I offer to Christina, and likewise, you Same. know, for them to me and to each other. So, like, it's all kind of like part of a whole. And we are very lucky to have a group of girlfriends where we do kind of like have that like is is symbiotic the right word? We have that yeah. relationship where we all kind of like um, work well together and separately and in different pairings. And we're That's very right. lucky that we have that and that we we were able to kind of find that. I think that that is very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it does I mean, happen just, kind of organically, and I think does. that it does end up kind of making some people feel left out when you have a really really large group of people you know that's something that you'll experience but that's just something that there's something that naturally happens it's hard to you can't force it and I think that right now the way that things have been has forced us to become our bubbles had to have become much tighter they've had to get much smaller so it's forced us to kind of whittle down to the ones that it's like this just works it's like a puzzle piece it all fits. It works. It's not hard. You don't yeah. have to try. It's the same but thing with a partner, right? If you're if you're looking to like right now, she's saying that a lot of her friends are connected to her partner. I was about um, which to is, comment which is, on that as well. Which yeah. is fine, but then think of the other areas in your life. If you're an adjunct professor, you know, strike up a conversation in the teachers' lounge or something like that. Um, if you enjoy pottery making find a facebook group that does meetups where they make pottery and stuff like really i think part of the thing that's been fulfilling about friendship to me is like yes it's opening yourself up to other people but it's also opening yourself up to yourself if you're doing things that you're passionate and happy and excited about doing whether that's your job or hobbies or your partner or whatever people are attracted to that people are attracted mm-hmm. to knowledgeable passionate happy people so 
if you're out there in the world doing stuff that makes you happy and, and makes you passionate and you strike up a conversation with somebody, it, it could lead to something more like friendship. But yeah. Cassie Keegan and I, our journey started 15 years ago when I <laughs> met Cassie because yeah. she dated one of my coworkers. And I would say it really wasn't until or around six years ago or so that we we got. I did your hair for your fucking wedding, and we yeah. were never we were never like besties. But right. because Chris was friends with that, and that's kind of how Chris was friends with your husband at the time, mm-hmm. or before they, you know. So there was that connection too. So that was through our partners that we became friends. But right. we became friends, and I, I am somebody who I'm like you, Keegan. I want. The more people, the better. The more, the merrier. I want all the fucking friends. Sign me up, friends. Check, check, check. I'm in. Yeah. Um. So for Cassie for me, is I did relentless. Force I was, which is, which is great. You know, when I she reached out moved to you, out and it was like, "Who's doing your hair for your wedding?" Mm-hmm. I am. Yeah, I'd say of the of the three of us, Cassie is the most. Like, <laughs> I I need friends and I seek friends out, but like, like Cassie is the most for sure. Um, the I'm one the, other thing that's that, just it, Keegan. I'm just the most, just the most. Period. <laughs> period. Full stop. The one other thing that I would say is, you know, obviously, like me and my partner share a lot of friends. Like we share a lot of friends, and that's wonderful. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you bringing it up indicates to me that like you're seeking something beyond that. And I mm-hmm. actually think that that is healthy. To yeah. have your mm-hmm. own people who, you know, your friends are your friends. But I also understand that feeling of like, I want something that's mine. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I want to know that like, like these, these people are, are mine, you know, and, and it's part of making you an individual. Cause sometimes if you have, if you are part of a couple and all you're hanging out with are couple friends then you, I always felt like it makes me lose my identity. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. I become Christina and Eric instead of yes. Christina. Yes. That's and right. So having yes. your having your own friends outside of the couple will help help you in your relationship in the long term because it will help you keep your sense of identity. Right. You have different interests, right? You're an individual. Yeah. Like Anthony has an entire group of friends who are soccer friends. Like, you know, and I yeah. get along with them and we go out and that's great. But those are his soccer friends. That's right. You yep. know what I mean? Um, And I just, yeah, I think it's, it is important. Like something I've very much struggled with since getting married is feeling a loss of like, my individual self and my independence. Yep. And it's very, very like, it can be a very hard thing to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. So having people you can go to who you really trust, I think is really important. And not to say that, you know, those aren't also your partner's friends, like maybe they are, but like my relationship with, you know, Cassie and Christina, we're all friends, but I know that like you are you're, you're Anthony's friends, but you're my friends. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when it comes down to it, we're your friends. Yeah. I mean, we like exactly. Anthony. We put up with him, but. <laughs> uh, well, that was a wonderful question. Thank you so much uh, for writing in. I know that and, that was a lot. And for <laughs> and for listening. I mean, shit, wow. for three years. Like, yeah, write us more. We'll we'll be your friends. We've made yeah. friends through this podcast. Oh yes, oh, we have. Shout, mm-hmm. shout it out to Rachel. Shouting out to Laura Lee. Shouting out to a yeah, lot Becca. of the people yeah. that mm-hmm. have Kelly. kept up on the Facebook. Yep. 
group yeah. and everything. It's just, yeah. There's a, Kim. High reach, recommend. Reach out. If you haven't joined our worsty uh, Facebook group mm. or whatever, reach reach out on there. That's a good, good group of people. And they would love to welcome you with open arms. So definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of that, we have some new patrons yes. that we need to shout out. So I want to give a big thank you to Kevin Lynch for joining us on Patreon. Yes. So Kevin, and this is something I kind of want to highlight as well. With every patron level that we have, there's the option to just go ahead and and buy it for the entire year. You can do an annual um, kind of subscription. And if you do that, then it's you save a couple bucks on whichever like mm-hmm. patron level you end up joining on. And so that is what Kevin did. And thank you so much, Kevin, oh, for, awesome. for joining us on Patreon. Uh, we are so, so happy to have you. And also, I want to give a big thank you to Sarah Bickford. She joined, and uh, there's a little pound symbol next to her donation Ooh. level. So she's, she's from across the pond. Thank you Excellent. so much, Sarah, for joining us on Patreon. We love having you. Like we said, we have the best mm. listeners. We truly, truly do. Literally, in my head, when I visualize success for the podcast, I visualize doing a live show in London. Like that, oh, to me, is like, we've looks like we made it. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, if you have any connections, please hook yeah. us up. Yeah. <laughs> when we when we get out of this hellhole and we're yes, able to yeah. actually uh, do shows again, listen. We were just asked. Somebody was like, "Can you please do a live show in New York?" I'm like, "Oh, I wish." I if I mean, only I would love to do a bell at the Bell House. Can you imagine? Oh my incredible! God. Anywhere, honestly, right now I would do a fucking podcast. I would do a live show in my someone's basement, house in please. Like, right? Exactly. <laughs> Do you have an open, finished basement? Preferably finished. <laughs> Actually, it's partially finished. <laughs> we could make it work, okay? Like a romper room. <laughs> oh, we're totally. fully, fully prepared to do a show in a romper room. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are we going to fuck, Mary kill this week? Oh, Keegan, go wow. ahead. You brought wow. this to us. Oh, my. So uh, I saw the ad for the halftime show. And listen, I could not care less about football. I try. My my whole family loves football so, so much. And I try so hard. And I, I just don't care. But I will tell you what I care about. And that is the Super Bowl halftime show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> always, uh, always into it. Yep. So I saw the ad. It's a three-minute long trailer yeah. for Legit. the halftime show, uh, which is going to be in Los Angeles. And it is Dr. Dre. Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, and uh, Snoop Dogg. I, lo- I, uh, I no. this is the best lineup I think I've ever seen. Yeah. It's going to be I've so good. Ever seen? It's going to be. I can't even wait to see what they do, dude. I'm so excited. And let me tell you, if the Bengals make it into the Super Bowl, I mean, honestly, it's literally like my, my, I don't know. Yeah. It's I'm for you. Like the Super Bowl self. is is for Cassie Young Paxton completely. <laughs> like if it's like the Bengals and that lineup, yes. stop. I stop. swear to you, if they don't rename the stadium CYP <laughs> or the Bowl, it's no longer called the Super Bowl. It's like now it's like like the College Bowls where it's like yeah, the CYP my worst Bowl. State Podcast Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
But I was thinking we should pick from those people. I know we've okay. done a few of them before. We've done mm-hmm. Kendrick before. We've done Snoop Dogg before. Yep. Um, Not Dr. Dre, though. We've never done Dre. I don't think we've ever done Mary J. M- M- or, or Eminem. Eminem. Oh, well, there you go. There you oh. go. Okay. I like it. I I know exactly what I'm going to do, actually. Okay. okay. Go um, for it. So I used to be ub fucking cessed with the Mary J. Blige oh. song that's in Waiting to Exhale. Is it, it was your lover and your secretary. <laughs> oh my God. I would, I would go around singing it into a hairbrush. And I mean, I would sing it like like I felt it, even though mm-hmm. I you didn't know what love or 12 yeah, right? at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like feeling it from like my past lives or something. Yeah. I love Mary J. Blige yes. so much. I'm oh. going to marry her a hundred percent, a hundred times. Yes. I think she is a boss bitch. I think she's so fucking incredibly talented. Mm. And I just, I would give and anything. she's sexy to, as hell. She's so hot. Yes. Yeah. Oh Mary. God. She's uh, stunning. Stunning. She looks incredible. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Now in terms of fucking, I gotta be honest. I, I am not super, stoked on either of my options they don't seem like a great time no um <laughs> i just there's something something about both of them where i'm just like dr dre i listen i respect both of them i think they're very talented yeah um individuals and everything but dr dre after watching um that uh documentary he just seems very um Focused on his he's work. Intense. Yes. He, very he's very intense. Married to his job. He's very intense. Yeah. And same same thing with Eminem. He's got a ve- he's got an intensity that's a little scary. It's, um it's a little scary. Yeah. But I think that that Yes. That's I, I look, think for one I night. Think, look. I think I gotta do Eminem for yeah. one yeah. night. You gotta, yeah. You gotta do it. Because he also like his lyrics and stuff like that show a sense of humor yeah. and a playfulness too. Um, so yeah, right, I, like I'm, I'm going to fuck Eminem. I'm not going to fuck Slim Shady. Do you know what I mean? Back. Yeah. Like Slim Shady was like a scary. Yeah. Like, motherfucker. Yeah. like he had a lot of rage that yeah. like, I, I feel like I don't want to get close to, but Eminem has a maturity about him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I feel like I could get behind it. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, that's going to be fun. I think I know what I'm going to do then too. Okay. But all right. I am going to marry Dr. Dre. Okay. I as soon as the lineup was set, I'm like, Dr. Dre is, dude, boss vibes. He get is, that Beats by Dre money. Oh, oh, he's he got money <laughs> on money on money on his money. Money's got yes, his money's got money. His money's money. He's got building. Money. He's building schools. Yeah, shit. He's got yes. school building money. Yes, and he is putting it back into his community, and I yeah. fucking live for that shit. Yes, he's not just throwing a few dollars into some kind of like foundation or something that somebody else built. He is building shit, and yep. I fucking respect the hell out of that, mm-hmm. and I respect the hell out of it being in his own community. It's not mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. a broad picture of like like I just. Dude, I just have so much respect for what he's done in his career. Mm-hmm. I just, he's good as shit. He's so fucking talented. My God. Like what he puts together is just he a always, mind like that. Mm. He strikes me too as somebody that has a lot of integrity. Yeah. And that's sexy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, totally. I agree. So that's I'm I'm going to marry Dr. Dre. I am going to fuck Mary J. Blige. Mm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's what you I mean. Are you fucking serious? Luxury. I <laughs> like that is a luxurious fuck for sure. Like oh, yes. <laughs> it's all. Hey, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Oils. comfortable. It's <laughs> yeah. You're going to be you on the cozy. Softest, softest of pillows. Someone oh. is bringing you breakfast in the morning. It won't be Mary J, but someone is bringing you a tray with I exactly what you want. I might do it just for that. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Like, yeah. I, like, I love a good breakfast in bed. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, sign me up. We're going to have champagne, the best champagne. Oh, yes. Oh, oh God. Oh, it's, yeah. It's going to be lovely. Uh-huh. Um, Eminem, I just, yeah, it's a no for me, dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I Pass. completely understand. Um, okay. So I'm going to do exactly what Christina did. I'm going to marry Mary J. Blige. You know how much I love a shared closet. Mm-hmm. And not only do we get a shared closet with all the faux furs and like anything that you could want, but also she is going to give me the best weave. She's going to take me to her weave doctor. I'm going to have the best yes. hair. Like, we're going to get our nails done together. It is going to be just fantastic. And she can fly us anywhere, too. Like, we're going to travel. Yes. Like, I I just, I think it's a beautiful future with Mary J, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I am going to fuck Eminem. Uh, Wouldn't want to be with him long term. No. At all. One night is is fine. Yeah, yeah. Plenty. Yes, (laughs) yeah. And, like, you know... uh, it's it's hard for me because I'm like I being a a feminist and also a lover of hip hop it, it presents sometimes a difficult uh <laughs> when you look back on some of the lyric choices that were made yeah um a lot that that lot. makes it, it quite difficult however I do think a night with Eminem would be transcendent <laughs> like I think that he's I feel like so- you're putting a lot on this night well, he's I, just so like his brain, his mind is like genius. Like the way that he is able to, yeah. I just think that he is such an incredible rapper, and yeah. So I am gonna fuck Eminem. Okay. And as much as I respect uh, Dr. Dre, I just feel like he's he scares he'd me forget, a little he'd, bit. He'd forget you were here. He'd be like, yes. "Oh, just go up to my room real quick." I, I just got to finish this thing. I got to wrap this thing up. And also, like, Never there is something no. about, like, the intensity of Dr. Dre that is is scary to me. And, uh, like, same with Eminem. Like, they both have an intensity that I feel like is a little bit frightening. Yeah. Um, But Dr. Dre, I think, is maybe a little less lighthearted. And um, I feel like I would just always be uncomfortable. Like, I'd always be like, are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? It's like, he's not oh mad God. at you. Oh, no. I'm already that way. I just feel like I'd constantly be like thinking he's mad at me. And it's just because like he's thinking about the 110 million things he has yeah. to do. And he has yeah. resting bitch face. And yeah, so I would does. just be like terrified all the yeah. time. So I can't but imagine the friends. You'd have so many fucking rad friends. You'd know everyone. Mm-hmm. With all these people, though, I feel like you would have like That's just the best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I, I mean, like, Dr. Dre is from L.A., which is we love like to see it. Yeah, you know, I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, I would definitely would not want to move to Michigan. Ugh. Oh, God, no. Does Eminem still live in Michigan? I don't know. No don't offense. Know to, not, no offense to our listeners who live in Michigan at all. I just don't want to be cold. That's all that is. <laughs> exactly. 
It's like when it dips below 60 here, I'm like, I, I should just I should just die right now. It's too cold. I'm going to cancel Literally, life. I'm done. Literally, it was like 65 degrees yesterday, and I turned on the fire and laid on the floor, mm-hmm. like on my rug next to the fire. Like I was like, oh, <laughs> so winter. <cozy. laughs> it's so true, though. Oh. That is so winter vibes. Oh, man. Well, you, you guys want to take five and we'll come back with stories? Sounds good. Yes. And we're back. All right, Cassie, I think you have the first story. I do. So I got the story from Reddit. It says, met up with a guy I'd been chatting with online. He rode on a, up on a bicycle with a huge backpack on. He looked at least 10 years older than in his picture. Stop doing that. He said he had to carry all of his shit with him because the junkies that he was crashing with on the couch would steal it. Oh, no. I had driven an hour to where he was since it was a nicer town. And I want to just I'm sorry to interrupt, but can we just I feel like after however many years we've been doing this podcast, it needs to be said. You need to vet this person before you drive an hour. Amen. We got to stop driving an hour for disappointing dates because Mm -hmm. that has happened so many times. And I'm like, driving an hour is fine, but only if you're like, I really feel like there's potential here. (laughs) We've been on the phone every night since five till five in the morning, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Y'all are wasting gas and time. Yes. Stop it. (laughs) Yeah. We got climate change to worry about. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. She's like, and I wanted to at least have a good meal. So we carried on. She was like, she was like, all right, I'm going to go to the city. It's an hour away, but it's, I'm going to have a nice meal. That's where her She just wanted at. to go to the city. That's acceptable. Right. That's, That's okay. fine. Exactly. During dinner, he told me that he had a daughter that he hadn't seen in seven years and showed me a picture of her like a super proud and involved dad. He told me he was banned from two of the local bars. So we'd have to go chill at his porch at his place afterwards. He tried to the pressure boldness me. with which people reveal this information on dates. I mean, like yeah. they're so bold, like best foot forward, my and, guy. And like, also, you already said at the beginning of the date, like you're concerned for your roommates stealing your stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, you want to take me back to this place thank that you. you don't feel comfortable at? No, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. He tried to pressure me with doing shots and even tried to rope the waiter into bringing me shots to uh, bringing shots to me, thinking if they were there, I wouldn't be able to resist. The cherry on top of this evening was the Mm. loud, spirited, theatrical recitation of The Smoke Off by Shel Silverstein. What? Oh, God. Every time he paused to breathe, I'd say, okay, that's great. But Why? But just keep going. It's a really long poem. What a weird choice. Other, other patrons were staring. He got a round of applause. I think mostly because everyone was glad he finally shut the fuck up. <laughs> I Listen, my fight or flight is engaged. <gasps> like the secondhand embarrassment you know i cannot handle cringe i cannot handle like that kind of the anxiety dying the sweat oh people that perform in non-performance settings make me very anxious as well i have to say it's not it's not a thing that i like me either i put that at the same level as bad improv like you you know something that keeps me up at night it's like a flash mob 
Whenever I was in like doing a lot of theater as a teenager in Springfield, I remember distinctly going with a big group, right? Like yes. obnoxious theater people. Oh, no. And like a guy who like every, he was like one of the only straight guys in the theater. So like every girl had a crush on him. There was always one. Yep. Right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And we were in a coffee house yep. sitting at like on the, on the couches in the coffee house. And he pulled out a guitar <gasps> and started playing no. it. And we all started singing. singing. Yeah. He and get... we had to be told by the people who worked there. They were like, no. um, yeah, we, I'm so sorry, but like, we need you to put that away. <laughs> oh my God. Like, you guys can't sing in here. You have to stop. I no. feel like we can keep me awake. A secret code that just broke Keegan. She was like, wait. <laughs> That happened. <laughs> Repressed memory. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> They're like, you, no, please do please, not. Please, we, we cannot. No. <laughs> we can't have this. The customers <sighs> are complaining. Your version of Wonderwall is not, <laughs> it's not it, bro. But no, no, because you're theater kids, it's like definitely. No, it was definitely like Rent or yes. something. It was definitely like Seasons of Love. Let's yes. be Oh, no. <laughs> On the guitar, the acoustic guitar. You're like, Mr. <laughs> Mistopheles. <laughs> No, <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber, <laughs> the acoustic guitar. You guys know I had never listened and or heard and or watched Cats before the movie. What? Oh, that's a bad oh, first honey. experience for you. Oh. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's so good. Otherwise, I love Cats, and but One I would never. I, I have not seen the movie. I to really do not understand mm. the. The story. It has it has no plot, Christina. It has no plot. It's meant to be enjoyed as a visual spectacle. <laughs> yeah, like it's so not music like and fun and da-da-da-da-da. yeah, yeah. Come on, yeah. that movie was a fucking fever dream, dude. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, <laughs> crazy. I, I told you they were talking about doing Starlight Express. I'm like, or something like that, right? Didn't I say that? I don't know. Anyway, I'm gonna finish the story. Uh, <laughs> he insisted I go back to my place. Or his, I'm sorry, go back to his place where he was crashing on a couch surrounded by thieves, per his own admission, and cuddle mm-hmm. him because he was so lonely. I finally had to just get in my car and drive away. He rode after me on his bike for as long what? as he could. <laughs> Wait. He's Hot pursuit. 42. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Honey, that is not a good look. That's so oh. embarrassing. You look in your rear view and he's just pedaled to the metal. <laughs> no. Like, oh, no. Oh, don't let me get this light. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Does it have a basket on it? <laughs> a little bell. Bring, 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 bring. <laughs> he's got that big backpack on. It's with all oh, his belongings God. in it. Oh. 42, sir. <laughs> oh, honey. Oh. All right. Who's up next? That's me. Okay, this one's fairly short. Um, the, it's a visual that comes into my head that makes it so funny to me. And so <laughs> follow me on this, this short Amazing. journey. Okay, blind date met from a website. We agreed to meet at a public place. I got to the restaurant a bit early and waited in the foyer. The gu- <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those places. Oh. Uh, oh, the guy had talked a good game about his career, what kind of car he drove, etc. I saw someone roll up in an old beater. 
Uh, not really a problem. I've driven those. He gets out and he's not quite as he had claimed. Nonetheless, I go in with him. We get a table and place our dinner order. I had been completely honest about myself, but it became incredibly obvious that he had not. At some point before our entrees arrived, he excused himself to go to the bathroom located behind us and opposite the front door. Moments later, I see him sprint to the front door as he realized there wasn't a rear exit for his escape. I, I, look, I look out the window oh. to see the oh, beater no. car leaving the parking lot. Oh. <laughs> I just see him. <laughs> I don't know why. So how, long, how long do you think he waited in the bathroom? And then he just finally just ran and is like, <laughs> scurching out of the fucking parking lot. Oh, my God. And she's sitting there like, uh, okay. Uh, I call. Also, you're leaving me. You're leaving me. Right. I call the waiter over and explain that my date date had run out. Literally. 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 and, And asked if his entree had been made yet. I asked if I could have mine to go and ask for the bill. The super nice waiter removed the other entree from the bill, but included it in my to-go bag. Oh, that's, that's nice. real. Mm. The guy completely ghosted me, and I never got oh. any kind of explanation for why he split like that. I can only assume that he realized I wasn't buying any of his nonsense and was not going to be going home with him that night and decided to resume his game elsewhere. <laughs> he saw Just, his wife's friend you know, there. It's, it's moments like this. <laughs> It's moments like this that like if you were to if this had happened to me and you were to ever catch me like <laughs> dissociating, I'd be thinking about that. Like that's what I'm doing. Like if I'm like looking out into the abyss like blankly, that's the thing I'm thinking about. It's like why <laughs> right. did that guy? But that's leave what's so me? funny to me is like I can clearly picture someone legit sprinting, sprinting. out of a restaurant to like escape or whatever. It's just- uh, maybe he shit his pants. That was that's where my head went. I'm like, he pooped himself. I mean, it's he been known to happen it. on this podcast. It's been yeah. known to happen. Mm-hmm. Listen, when people do random shit like this, I know this isn't an advice podcast or what have you, but you you gotta. That's all about that person. Mm-hmm. That has nothing, nothing to, to do, do with, with you. you. Zero right. to do with you. Mm-mm. Let that roll off your back and fucking talk shit about it to everybody That's because right. it's funny. You can't wear that badge. It's not yours. Nope. <sighs> okay. So this was an email that was sent to us by a listener. And it says, so I think this is the absolute worst date of my life. Oh, no. <laughs> I met this guy, we'll call John, at a pool party in Phoenix. I had just moved to Denver and mentioned that I was going to hike one of the major trails in Phoenix the next day, and he invited himself along. I asked Mm -hmm. if he had hiked before, and he said yes. A little weird for him to invite himself, but he was experienced, and it's a popular trail, so I wasn't worried about my safety, and I wasn't good at saying no. Okay, I feel you. (laughs) Yeah, There's there's the crux of this all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He picks me up the next morning. I know, bad idea. And he is drinking a bottled Starbucks Frappuccino. Those are delicious, but you should really, you really should not be drinking super sugary dairy-based drinks before a hike. I asked if he had breakfast, and he said that was his breakfast. 
Oh, no. No, you've honey. never hiked, honey. That's not. I ask him if he brought any snacks or water, and he proudly shows me the other two bottled frappuccinos that he brought. <laughs> All I could see in my head is that that anchor man like milk was a bad choice <laughs> in phoenix which is like <laughs> hot fucking as the earth like it, it as a, is the sun the sun exactly <laughs> you're hiking on the sun yes and you brought sugar milk yes sir yes. <laughs> caffeinated sugar milk which oh. is just like oh okay oh. he's he's gonna shit himself on this hike <laughs> he's definitely gonna puke yeah i should have stopped this date then but i just rolled with it We start hiking and he tells me that he likes to read. So I ask him if he had read a few of my favorite books. He had not read any of them and proceeded to get mad at me for asking because he had not gone to school in America. So of course he had not read them. None of them were books I'd read in school. I ask him what he likes to read and he cannot name a single book. (laughs) Oh. So but what? like here's the thing about that. Why? say you like to read then like you're the one who said you like to read just say something yeah. else like you think it makes you sound smart but the That's thing right. is like anybody but who's going to be impressed by that is going to ask you what you're reading exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> so now we just lie better yeah, lie better <laughs> right. so now we just walk in silence a quarter of the way up the trail he starts throwing up because of course bottled frappuccinos are not good for hiking in the desert <laughs> i give him some of my water and dried dates to help settle his stomach. He doesn't say thank you and complains that the dates are chewy. What do you have dentures in, bitch? (laughs) Yeah. We get three quarters of the way up to the top of the mountain, and he is looking rough, so I ask if he wants to go back down. Now he starts making fun of me for being lazy, and I'm tempted to just leave him on the trail, but he's my ride, so I can't. Wow. Like, I'll leave you here to die. Like, (laughs) this desert is unforgiving. (laughs) <laughs> at this point yeah i don't care how expensive the uber is mm-hmm. yeah. yeah we make it to the top and he starts loudly complaining because he thought that there would be a pool or a restaurant on top of the mountain <laughs> is he what <laughs> he's like i thought what we were the fuck <laughs> is he talking about literally <laughs> he's never hiked ever and what kind of person does all that work just to see some crappy view it's literally a person who's never hiked ever like that's the never, whole never. point the whole point is the wow. Everyone on the peak is staring at us while he makes a scene. At this point, I was praying the ground would open up and swallow me. We walk down in silence after. I break the silence and ask him where he has hiked before because I have to know. He says mm-hmm. he's walked on a trail to a petting zoo once. <laughs> oh, no. This guy clearly had no idea what hiking was when he invited himself along. We finally make it back down the mountain and part ways. It was such a disaster that I never expected to hear from him again. Against all odds, he texts me two days later to grab a coffee. I'm a huge pushover, so I say yes. He then says, he then says, a friend of his is going to come and will give me a 30 to 45 minute presentation about a job opportunity. (laughs) No, I am going to die. I, oh no. Shelling Lululemon or something. Young's living oils, whatever. (laughs) Oh no. This is finally, finally too far. And I tell him no. And he proceeds to try and guilt me into it. So I block him. 
Was it just an elaborate scheme to try and get me to join his MLM? Was it a date? Was it both? I don't know. (laughs) I would love to hear anyone else's stories uh, about MLMs because I cannot be the only one that something like this happened to. You are not. We have had definitely had stories like that before. You know, MLM ones are my favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I haven't had a date, but I did have something when I was uh, waiting tables. Um, There was a regular that was just like, you're just like really good at your job. And um, he was like, you know, have you ever thought about like different career options and stuff? I'm like, yeah, you know, I definitely has. He's like, well, I'm working with a company. I think you'd be great. Like, let's sit and have a conversation. The fucking thing was of MLM. It was like Herbal Life or something. Oh I my was like, god. So disappointed. Yeah, you're oh. like, oh, a new pathway. I got into a really weird situation. I think I may have told it in the early days of this podcast, but yeah, like a guy that I met while I was working, probably editing a podcast episode in a Starbucks on my lunch break. Yeah. Yeah, did I ever tell you about that guy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. Oh, I mean, and I am like I can relate so much to that person's story because I'm such a pushover that like I totally sat through not only God, this is so embarrassing. Not only did I sit through his entire spiel, I gave him my phone number and then he called me and then I talked to him on the phone for like 15 minutes. (laughs) Oh, Oh, and then I ran into him at Target like a couple weeks later. I'm trying to like snake snake out of like aisles. (laughs) ducking behind fake potted plants you know like no horrifying oh that's awful oh my my god God. you will fail so what everybody does but your gym your watch your yoga pants they pretend you won't so when you miss a day eat the pancakes give up on a workout you failed seriously what the hell we're body We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Oh, well, on that note, are you guys ready yes. for my tainted love story? Mm-hmm. Yes. It took me forever to find one. Actually, I found this, walked away from it for a second, and then I came back. I was like, no, this is this is pretty interesting. The reason I'd walked away from it initially is because it wasn't it wasn't chock full of a lot of information. Like it was hard to find information. I had to really like dig for it, and I'm lazy yeah. um, because I've started back to school You're this busy. week. You're so not like, lazy. I, I get simple? it. <laughs> and yeah, I yeah. did not pick something simple. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of my information from Murderpedia. Um, I got uh, some information from a story written by in the Daily Record by a Reg Ken- uh, McKay called Murder at Kinky Cottage. Oh. oh. I read an article at Press and Journal uh, about a podcast uh, that was made recently about this uh, whole thing 
by a guy named Ben Hendry and another article in the Daily Record also kind of about the story, but also some of the revelations that have come to light in this podcast by Anna Burnside. Um, the podcast, of course, I'm so flaking on the name. I Because, I, of course, of all the things I wrote down, I didn't write it down because I didn't actually listen to the podcast. But there is a whole uh, Siri, serial podcast about this story, which I'm kind of interested in listening to now. Um, but here is the story <laughs> of Maxwell Garvey. Um, Maxwell Garvey is from, he's a farmer. He's from Aber, uh, the Aberdeen area in a place called Kin. Kincardineshire, Kincardineshire, Scotland. So this all place takes place in Scotland. Um, Maxwell Garvey is like pretty well to do. Like he's not like we think of farmers as like oh like some guy who wears overhauls and and like Carhartt hats. This mm-hmm. is kind of on a much grander scale. He's wealthy and he is good looking guy and he really more more so manages of our, his farm than like. I, it doesn't seem like he's Mr. Day-to-Day Chores Not guy. like working the land day in, day out. Right. Right. Okay. He's not Got waking it. up with a rooster crow type of farmer. Got it. So um, he uh, meets Sheila at this dance in Stonehaven. She's described as beautiful, really smart, just, just real. She is. She's really stunning, beautiful woman. They met. She was a former housemaid at, for the royal family at the Balmoral Castle. So... You know, beautiful people with beautiful lives get married. It's 1955. They get married. They end up having like three kids. He's extremely successful in his career. And with his success, he loves to splurge on himself. He's into like fast cars, planes. This is his life. He loves, you know, this is he loves the thrill, excitements of of life and he is all he loves he loves a lot of things yes he does yes he does i love that you're doing this story do you know I'm this? so excited mm-hmm. oh shit oh, yeah it sounds very familiar oh, to me as well i couldn't find anything on it so i feel like it's the it's, it's the fact that she used to be a like she used to work in the in balmora castle yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. um i feel like there is uh there's something i've watched on this it's Really, I looked everywhere specifically for videos because I was like, "It's like a YouTube thing." I went down a, a YouTube hole, and I think it it came up. But this this story is juicy. It is juicy. Sheila again, also living kind of this life of luxury. They have like three kids. They travel a lot. They they live a wealthy life. He flies planes. They go everywhere. She dresses immaculately. Has wonderful style it's the thing that people always recognize her about her she's beautiful already but she also dresses impeccably um maxwell's wild streak is not just in his taste of flying and things like that but he is known uh, locally as the flying farmer it's around 1964 though that he starts to develop a very curious behaviors becoming more and more interested in pornography and nudism and we're heading into the swinging 60s and they have the money and the lifestyle to go along with it. So they he is like key parties. Yes, he is. So I can't think of it. anything more awkward than having key parties with your friends. Oh, like, my God. Could you? It no. has to be absolutely so uncomfortable. How would you ever look at each other again? 
ever. ever. <laughs> you have to do that stuff with strangers. You can't do that with like Thank you. people you're going to see. That again. is exactly fucking right. <laughs> That's exactly fucking right. Anyway, uh, he ends up being so into this whole like nudist thing that he even built like a nudist club on their land. He bought like a small cottage near their on their property. And it was literally called they called it the kinky cottage. Um his sexual demands, wow. though, were just increasing more and more. And so did his appetite for things like, you know, initiating orgies. So, yeah, not just being a nudist was like, that's just the tip of the fucking iceberg. He's like, nah, let's let's go ahead and take this a little bit right, farther. Because being a nudist isn't inherently sexual, right. right? Like, no, that's absolutely right. But he was definitely was like it's not good enough to just see everybody naked i also want to be fucking all of you want to get up in there get up <laughs> and in i want all you that. to be fucking everyone and i want to fuck everyone and we're all fucking <laughs> wow it's a lot of energy yeah. <laughs> the 60s were the 60s a time Woo. well and this was really you know not at all something sheila was into sheila was really like this is not what i signed up for like you know, it's one thing, I guess, to be kind of a nudist or whatever. But like she was like not really interested in in any of these kind of sex parties and stuff I feel like, like that. But you got to have some combos with your spouse yeah. <laughs> prior to yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. going into the lifestyle. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, or you got to totally. split up. You can't just like one of you can't just be like, well, I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, yeah. come over to the kinky cottage. And watch I me fuck don't a bunch like of people. That. The kinky I cottage. Hate it. The kinky cottage. I fucking hate it. Um, I can like see it written in like yeah. that Ray Ray Dunn hand. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, it was after some years, though, of cajoling and uh, grooming, really, that he uh, ends up pretty much forcing his naked wife at 32 years at the time into the room of a 22-year-old mm -mm. Brian Tevendale. It's Brian Tevendale. To tell you a little bit about him, he had uh, been a hand. He'd been working out at the farm on weekends um, and seems in you know a relationship that may already have been taking place between, between he and Maxwell. Like they may have already had some affairs uh, it seems like, you know, he 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 didn't have necessarily a preference per sex. Like he was just really into sex and was sure. guys, girls, yeah. whatever. He was really just into it. He made it so that basically it almost became like a game where they would flip a coin to see who was going to fuck his wife. But she, after all of this cajoling and whatever, finally was like conceded a pretty forced concession yeah, no, to have sex with Ryan. That's not enthusiastic consent. So right. no. it doesn't count. You don't no. get to you don't get she to did like, not walk in there and was like, yay. That's no, you don't bully somebody into a situation like that. Mm -mm. Yeah. Once Brian and Sheila had crossed that line though, it had opened up doors and Maxwell was ready to turn his party of three into four. He's already having a bit of a wild party thing, but this is the first time Sheila's involved. Now that Sheila's involved, he's like, fuck this threesome shit. I'm ready to add one more person. Enter Trudy Burse, Brian's sister. Stop it. Stop oh, it. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. Immediately. <laughs> Brian's sister. Maybe I don't know this story because I feel like either I blocked that from my memory 
<laughs> you know, or I don't know this because I feel like I would have remembered that. Maxwell starts is really into Sheila. They start like a pretty heavy affair, but it's the four of them that have sex the most. It's really meant to be a foursome with your sister, Brian. Ew. But then also Trudy's husband is like, yeah, no, I'm in. So Fred, the police officer constable, is like, what? I what? hate it. I bet Christmas was I, real uncomfortable. I hate it. Like, I Christmas it. must have been I, really uncomfortable. Like, yeah. you're with your brother-in-law. Listen, imagine Easter. Orgies are for strangers. That's Keegan's Orgies quote. Orgies are for strangers. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's, right. That's mm-hmm. just facts. Virginia is for lovers. Orgies, Orgies are, are for strangers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, Fred, her constable husband, uh, would join in sometimes, uh, and they would include other women, you know, to even things out. But it was, you know, after years of constant gaslighting and, you know, the torturous ways in which Maxwell's pleasures became really too much for Sheila. Finally, she's just like, you know what? I have had enough. And she has fallen for Brian. I mean, she was forced together. To with him and she kind of started to be able to rely on him she started to become a little I don't want to say dependent but like she started to develop feelings for him she wanted to get away from Maxwell who seriously was manipulative and controlling and gaslighting you know so well I don't know if going with a guy who's totes okay with having an orgy with his sister and his uh, brother-in-law is the best choice however there are many many stories like this where the husband or like the the man in the relationship in like a heteronormative relationship wants to open it up because yeah. he wants to like yeah. get freaky and then his wife is like or partner yep. is like actually <laughs> yeah i could just leave you you know yeah so mm-hmm. I actually prefer this this scenario a lot more. Mm-hmm. You asked for it. Yeah. I mean, but he so that they do end up running away on a couple occasions um, with Brian. And uh, it's, you know, every single time Maxwell is comes home, convinces her that she or, you know, Maxwell goes to convince her to come home saying that she's going to lose her children because she's mentally unstable and an adulterer. Wow. Yuck. Yuck. Wow. Yuck. So the gaslighting control is Disgusting. still in heavy effect because she's got three kids that she doesn't want to lose, you know? There's a movie coming out with Claire Foy. Have you seen um, the previews for it? It's like it's called like a very British affair or some, something along Ooh. that lines. But it's similar. Like they were having these wild sex parties or whatever in the 60s and he did the same thing to her in court was pretty much like, you can't have custody of your kids because you're a slut. Basically, he's like slut shaming her. Or wow. Whatever. But yeah, it looks really good. It's coming out soon or it might even already be out, but it has Claire Foy in it. So I love Claire Foy. Me too. Interesting. It does sound like it's kind of like right in this wheelhouse. Right. It's, um, it's happening in England around the same time. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure that happened a lot. I'm sure it happened a lot because the expectations for mothers and fathers and women and men have always mm-hmm. been different. You know, so vastly different. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's when uh, when on the 19th of May, Maxwell's sister hadn't seen her brother, though, in four, five days. She had contacted the police to report him missing. But it wasn't until August 16th that the police discovered Maxwell's body in the underground tunnel of Loriston Castle. Sheila had broken down 
and told her mother that on May 14th, she had let her boyfriend, Brian Tevendale, and his co-worker, Alan Peters, in to murder her husband. He wasn't going to let her escape. He wasn't going to let her leave. And her she really felt like her only option was to for her to be with Brian and for her to get out of this manipulative relationship was to, you know. And to, to be able to have her him. kids. Yeah. Yeah. So it was... Um, it was Brian's subsequent confession, though, that actually led police to Maxwell's body. Um, at some point, the Maxwell's once lo- uh, at some point Maxwell's once lover Trudy and her husband Fred actually played a part in covering it up. Remember, Fred is a fucking constable. Ugh, they were never charged in their their portion, but they had helped burn the bloodied mattress and the clothes. I mean, so they were also involved. The fact that that many people, though, also were like willing to involve That's themselves what I was to help her yeah, says a fucking lot. Yeah, I'm like, they must have really disliked this man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think long term, I mean, they, I think initially it was one thing, but then they saw how the long term of it was and the what he was doing and how he was manipulating everyone. I feel yeah. like so many tainted loves just boil down to stop treating people like property. Like yes. stop mm-hmm. acting like you own people. Yep. Just Don't cut it out. Me. Um. Well, neither. Uh. Yes. Yeah, so neither Fred nor Trudy though were charged conveniently for their part in the, uh, in the uh, cover up. But Alan Peters also the, the friend uh, Brian's friend from work was also proven not, let's say, not proven guilty is the way they they state it. Mm. Uh, so he was not charged. Well, he was charged, but he was released. Uh, but both Sheila and Brian were both given life sentences, but released after only 10 years uh, serving. So that is the insanely wild ride of the kinky cottage. Oh, God. It was a spectacle at the time and people mm-hmm. would literally line up outside of the courtroom and like for hours starting at like two o'clock in the morning to wait for the trial to begin. This is, you know, the 60s and the, you know, people people love it had all the scandal that involve sex scandals. That's for yeah. sure. And it's 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 so hard when you are in a long term relationship because you are going to grow and change and it's it's so hard when someone changes in a way that you're not comfortable with to really like take the time rationalize it and make a plan to to leave you have to learn what your boundaries are and know yourself well enough to be okay with with bouncing when things get get bad it's just right. it's, it makes me so sad for her that yeah. she was bullied into this this life that she had didn't I mean it's very obvious she was not interested in any of this activity at all and it's so traumatizing um well and the thing of it is is that even when she was able to come to terms that that she was not she wanted to leave right she wasn't able to so I mean she literally had I mean stakes like her children yeah you know, well, being and, a mother was at stake. Yeah. You know, we talked about this last week when we talked about Lisa Bonet and, and Jason Momoa splitting up is like maybe some things aren't supposed to last forever. Like you are going to grow and you are going to change and maybe you're going to become different people and maybe those people don't actually fit anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And like that seems like it's what happened here. Like this guy changed in a way that wasn't 
it, in a, he went in a direction she wasn't willing to follow. Right. And like, that's yeah. fine. Either you work your way through it or you have to be okay with understanding that you're in a different phase of your life now. Yeah. Normalize yeah. conscious uncoupling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, but for real, truly. I mean, truly, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Be mature enough to know that like another person doesn't belong to you. Yeah. Right. And they're allowed to change their life in any way that makes them feel more fulfilled. And you right. can either adjust to that or make the decision that this actually doesn't work for me. Right. That's how that should go. We're adults. Yeah. Yeah. Communication. That's what? weird. What? Huh? Well, what are you guys watching this week? Well, we already... S- like sneakily said that we were watching Yellow Jacket. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. But, uh, I, God, it's so fucking good. Really, really enjoyed that show. I I really want to look, like I was telling you, Cassie, I'm I'm confident that there's got to be like women on the the writing team. Just how, oh. how much they're able to nail like navigating teenage girl friendships, connections, hierarchies. All yes. of that is so it's it's such a good show. It's really good. It actually, too. It's so funny to me because I think that you watch it and you're like, I'm like looking at all the things that are happening in the 90s. And I'm like, this is literally I graduated in 97. So mm-hmm. it takes place in 1996 that that time period does. And I'm like, this is 100 percent like I think that we have like this idea of what that looks like. But these girls look like they're teenagers from today. Mm hmm. And it's true because the teenagers of today definitely mm-hmm. they're emulating like that they style. Were, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. It's so yeah. that style. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I have not started Yellow Jackets. It's right up my alley. So I need to get mm-hmm. my hands on uh, some showtime so that I can watch that. But like I said, I've been in a book hole. I finished three books since we recorded last and nice. I'm going to finish a fourth book today. I'm on track. I'm going to finish it today. Um, but I have been watching... Uh, our friend Michael Scotty, shout out to Michael. Yes, edited uh, Archive eighty one. He is an editor, and he has been editing on that show, and it went to number one on Netflix in mm-hmm. the U.S. this last week, which is huge, huge deal. That's We're huge. so so yeah. proud of him. So um, I have been watching that. I think I've watched the first four episodes of it. It is um, spooky. It is weird. Uh, yeah. And I am really enjoying it. So nice. if you're looking for something that is that kind of vibe, that's kind of like, ooh, maybe maybe a satanic cult sort of situation. Ooh. And like a weird parallel time situation, uh, you might enjoy that show. So give oh it a watch. Listen, I am I'm over here shouting from the rooftops. Or yes, Scotty, but, but it is I, not your thing. Is not for me. It is not. It is not. And that's okay. You can support him in, in other ways. We don't Chris question. We don't question your support for Michael at all. <laughs> it's just it's scary. Chris is watching it. It's there freaking go, Anthony out. So like, you know, <laughs> he's like, you're not scared. And I'm like, I'm dead inside. But Cassie, <laughs> you probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> oh, man. God. Well, hey, if you've got something that we should read, something that we should watch, if you have gone on a bad date recently, go to our one-stop shop of a website. It's myworststatepodcast.com. And we love you so much. Cheers. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.